Welcome to the Females on Fire podcast. I'm Haley Luckadoo, educator, website designer, wedding planner, and big dreamer who took a hobby business born out of a college dorm room and turned it into a successful multi-business empire. I run on hard work and Dr. Pepper, and if it comes in pink, you better believe I want it. This podcast is for women in almost any industry who want the resources and inspiration to do what sets their soul on fire. I'll interview women who are exceptional at what they do to bring you the tools and knowledge that you need to succeed and to create the life you dream of. and welcome back to another episode of Females on Fire. I am super ecstatic today for our guest. We have Megan Martin on the podcast today and she owns Megan Martin Creative and is all about making websites that convert and I know we all want one of those. So Megan, thank you so much for coming on today and chatting with us. Oh my goodness, thank you. I'm honored to be here, honestly. We're honored to have you for sure. So just start off by telling everybody who you are and your story and how you got to working with websites and owning your own company. Cool. Yeah. So I'm Megan. Um, I, like Haley said, I own Megan Mark Creative. Uh, we sell marketing and website templates that convert for creatives. And specifically, we really, um, we love to work with people who are B2B focused um, that's kind of my sweet spot, but we, uh, we definitely work with people who, um, are also like B2C focused as well. But so I kind of, I'll just like jump into my story and kind of, um, explain like how we even got to this crazy point in this unicorn colorful brand that is my world. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> so basically I started my business all the way back in 2011 and I was not B2B focused at that time. I honestly had no idea how to re- run a business when I started my business. Um, and I had a love for weddings. So I started a business as a wedding planner. And I spent about five years growing this wedding planning business. But I always just had this like push and tug to do other things. Like I, I never could get on the like, you know, find your niche tribe and just zone in only on wedding planning. I just had this like, I don't know, weird burning desire to just get out and try new things and explore in terms of creativity and this creative world that we're in. Um, And so in that kind of time period, you know, two or three years of just starting my business and trying to figure out what I'm good at and what makes me unique as a wedding planner, I I started to pick up this um, love of graphic design. I remember when I was, when I first started my business, I legitimately created my logo on Word document. Like I, (laughs) I opened Word document, but I seriously had no business savvy. I opened Word document. I used like Jenny Sue font or something. If you remember that, like Jenna Sue or whatever it's called. And I made the eight and a half sheet of paper, uh, you know, portrait view on Word, and then I made the background pink so that the background of my logo could be pink, and then I made my website, and then I made the background of my website pink so that I could splash the pink 
it was just a mess. Like I knew nothing about graphic design when I started, but I knew in my mind, I'm a very visual person. So I knew in my mind, like there is this vision of what I want my brand to be. I could already see brands in front of me, retailers, other creatives that had these uh, just beautifully cohesive and powerful and meaningful brands. And so I can envision that for myself, but seriously was at ground zero. I had no idea how to build it or what to do. And so I sort of just, I, I actually truly drived to Barnes and Noble, picked up a book on how to use Photoshop and how to code a website. I just decided I was going to teach myself like somewhere in that like first year of running a business. Um, and so I taught myself, I taught myself graphic design and I just like sincerely just fell in love with it. It was so much fun to be, to be able to build my own brand. I started studying, uh, what an actual brand is and how to create, um, a very powerful one as well as sort of kind of got really nerdy into marketing. Um, I'm very big on not just marketing for marketing sakes, but actually creating very tailored strategies that are effective uh, at targeting your ideal client. And so I, I really just started to learn all of this. This is about like 2012, 2013. And then I spent nine to 10 months building my own rebrand because I really wanted to take my wedding planning business to the next level. And I relaunched started blogging and my business sort of really took off. Like my brand just kind of <clears throat> blew up in terms of growth from before that rebrand to, to not too long after that. And I found myself with a local photographer. I live in Jacksonville, Florida and a sweet local photographer at the time reached out and said, you know, I saw what you did with your brand. Would you do it for mine? And I honestly was excited. I, I was like, okay, sure. Like I, I'll do that for you. I mean, I couldn't believe that she wanted to trust me in that way, but, um, so yeah, I took that project on and I rebranded her business and I saw her business take off and I saw her do amazing things and, um, just fill her client roster. And, and all of a sudden I found myself with bookings for the next two years of designing brands for other creatives. So it was like this crazy snowball effect of starting a business, having no idea what I was doing, you know, kind of learning and growing. And I call it my own college experience because I didn't go to college. But those first few years in business, I kind of decided that that was me going to college with, for myself um, and getting a degree and figuring out how to learn, run a business, basically. And also, you know, the side skill of graphic design and marketing. Um, and so I really fell in love with it. And I, like I said, I was designing brands at that point and I had my wedding planning business going on and I sort of had this weight, like, again, I, from the beginning, I said, you know, I'm a multi-passionate creative. I've always had this tug to try new things and, and just, and never had the desire to truly niche down at that point. But I was starting to get like, honestly, just overwhelmed. It was a lot to run two different sides of my business. And I was talking to two very different people, a bride and somebody who's trying to run a business. They're, they're just in two different worlds. They're in two different stages of life. They value different things. Um, and while I had both sides of my businesses running pretty, um, pretty streamlined and efficiently, I still felt like the wedding planning side of my business was sort of like a really heavy weight on my shoulders. And 
So I decided to um, boldly let that go in 2016 and kind of just see where my journey would take me. And honestly, as much as I loved weddings, I loved designing weddings. It was so much fun. I loved connecting with my brides. Um, it was absolutely the right decision for me to let that go and focus solely on um, the person who I now serve. And since then, from freeing up that side of my business, I've been able to start a passive profit shop. And, you know, we have digital downloads and templates that you can download. And I have the ability to take the time that I need to, to, to actually make those templates easy to edit and a really good user experience for my customer, as opposed to trying to juggle all of my time between, between two different people. Um, and just in that process alone of building this shop and connecting even further with my ideal customer, it's just, it's been a really fun journey to get to where I am now and, and now, uh, you know, continue to create and innovate for that person. That's such a good story. And I love hearing how other women got where they are. And I feel like every single time we have a guest on here, I say this, but I think it's just true. I don't think anybody actually starts their business and then just continues on that path forever. It seems like it's mm. always changing for everybody and changing for the better, obviously, but yeah, it sounds like you really, you know, followed your passion. So I love that. That's so cool. Yeah. It's been interesting. I, I, I would not say that I'm a planner at all. <laughs> like I just, I've I, in my whole business journey, it's just been okay what's in front of me and what feels right and just kind of taking a next baby step. And, and it sort of just led me on this journey that I didn't even know was possible. I mean, I definitely would have never dreamed that I would be designing websites and creating templates and, you know, doing master classes and all of this stuff around websites that convert. I would have never dreamed that, that would have been my direction. That's so funny. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like just as, you know, we want to be entrepreneurs and we want to be our own boss. And so I feel like we just start with what we're good at. And then you find things that you didn't know you were good at. And that's how you end up making multiple businesses and going into other things. And it's just so cool to hear stories like that. That's yeah, awesome. it's fun. It's, I, I definitely, uh, there's a case for niching down and there's a case for, you know, getting really good at something. And I absolutely agree with that. But I think I especially for somebody who's just starting out, like I think there should be encouragement to just not limit yourself. Try something. If you feel an urge to try something, like do it, you know, you, you never know what passion is laying underneath the surface. And that could just totally spark and change the trajectory of your whole business and your life. It could be really awesome. Yes, that's so true. So, so true. So you mentioned a lot about websites that convert and anybody that knows you knows that that's your area of expertise for sure. <laughs> so let's just start with the really basic question. What does that mean to have a website that converts? You know, what does that mean? What does your website need to have? And what are we trying to get it to convert to? Gotcha. Yeah. I think to simplify the answer, um, just the word convert itself it means that there needs to be a goal attached to something. So from kind of a backwards way to answer this, a lot of people approach website design, they get a business idea, right? They, they know we live in an online digital world, I need a website, right? So they, they have this business idea and they splash the idea onto a website and they put it out into the world and cross their fingers and hope that somebody is going to 
want to buy whatever they have to offer. But that is approaching website design in a way that is not built to convert. So basically, creating a website that convert is at its core having a very specific main goal for what your website is going to do. And that sounds a little bit obvious, like, duh, Megan, I, I'm trying to sell my business. I'm like, I'm trying to sell my service offering or my product or whatever it is. But you'd be surprised at how many creatives and entrepreneurs in general who just don't have a very specific goal for what the website is supposed to do. For example, do you want to book 20 brides this year or do you want to book five brides this year? You're going to, you're the entire website the structure, the design, the copy is going to be completely different if you're trying to book a mass volume of people versus a very exclusive number of people. So that's one example of um, how actually like zooming into a specific goal when it comes to your, your website um, can make a world of difference. Another example is, you know, okay, so what if you do something like, I'll use this example because I was a wedding planner. What if you do something like wedding planning? And you say, okay, my, the goal of my website is to book services as a wedding planner. Well, unfortunately, that's not specific enough unless you only offer one offering. So for example, if you only offered full service wedding planning, then you might, then you might go to the next rule. Okay, how many full service brides do you want this year? That's your number and that's what you're trying to convert on with your website. And every step and touch point of your website should work to build towards accomplishing that goal. But what if you offer multiple services? So what if you offer, say, full service planning and month of coordination or event management, however you want to call it? So now, if you just say the goal of my website is to book wedding planning customers, basically, then, and if you offer these different services, now we've got a problem because most people don't approach website design in a way that is going to specifically separate those two people. So somebody who's booking full service wedding planning, who wants their hands held the entire time throughout the process, who doesn't want to make vendor phone calls, who wants to be able to email you and you take care of issues on her behalf versus somebody who wants to do all of that by themselves because they probably are trying to save money and their wedding budget and they feel like they can tackle that, but they really just want you to come in at the end and you know, take off that stress from their plate so that way they can enjoy the last month and actual wedding day of this whole experience. Those two people are so different. They have different values, they have different beliefs, they have different motivating factors, and not one is better than the other, but you, if you just try to convert both of those people at the same exact time just to book wedding planning services, you're probably not gonna have as much success as somebody who has a very specific goal. For instance, I wanna book five full service planning customers a year and I wanna book 10 coordination clients a year and then creating your website and making it flow and work in a way that is going to actually achieve that goal. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great answer. Yeah, so I think it, um, it boils down to the first thing that you need to create a website that converts is honestly a main goal. So your entire website as a whole should have a main goal. For example, like I just said, if you're a service-based business owner and you're trying to book a certain number of clients a year, that is a great goal to start with. Product-based businesses similarly, like you know, how much revenue do you wanna bring in this year? Is there a certain product that you want to sort of push the most? That could be a goal. It's kind of setting up, I'm going to really push this product at this time period. 
a goal could be different. It doesn't have to be a specific, uh, you know, land on my website, hit purchase goal. It could be that you have a goal for a season to grow your email list. That's another very specific goal for your website to convert on. And you would design your website and, and what would be at the forefront of people's minds when they get on your website is that you are trying to invite them to your email list. So there's different goals for different seasons of business and for, for what you actually do. But if you don't have a goal, then we obviously really can't convert on anything because you're kind of just shooting in the dark at that point. Yeah, that totally makes sense. So you said something that kind of piqued my interest. And so I just want to make sure we kind of clarify this for, you know, anybody who's listening. So you talked about, you know, if you have like multiple goals in your example, you know, you want full plan clients and you want, you know, wedding coordination, uh, day of whatever clients. So it's okay to have multiple goals with the same website, right? I mean, if you want to, you know, book clients and grow your email list or book clients and you have a product shop or something like that, how do you make those goals work together even though they're on the same website? How do you, you know, attain both of them at the same time? Yeah, I think, I, and I, this is a great question and I get asked this by my, my clients as well. And I think my answer is, I think you should approach it in seasons. So kind of like I said, there's, there's different goals for different seasons of business. I think there should be a hierarchy of goals. So for example, in, in what I was sharing about being a wedding planner, typically a full service bride costs a lot more money than a month of coordination client. If your bread and butter, and I kind of approach it this way too, what is your bread and butter in your business? Like what really brings home the money? What is the 20% of the work that you're doing that's bringing in the 80% of your revenue? Um, that is what your bread and butter is. And that is what I would say probably the majority of your, your focus should be on at, at a certain point in time. Now, if you have a main goal at the time, like, okay, I know I need to grow my email list. I've got the service side on lock. Like I've got clients, you know, booked out for the next three to six months. Now I need to get my email list. That is like main priority. There are times when things like this happen that, that other objectives come up and they need to be main priority so that you can continue the cycle of hopefully booking out clients in the future or making sales in the future. And I would say for that season of business, we make that main goal the, the focus of your website. So things are going to change. For example, when somebody lands on your homepage, whatever your main focus is at that time needs to be forefront and center. As soon as somebody lands on your website or your blog, it needs to be the first thing that they see. Um, it needs to show like, Hey, this is who I am as a business owner. And it needs to somehow convey that I have a major goal right here that I'm trying to convert you on. So in terms of no matter what season that you're in, you can kind of think about your website in that way. Like whatever my main goal is, whatever my bread and butter is right now, or whatever is the most important objective needs to be kind of the highest up on the website. It needs to be like the crown on the website so that everyone knows and can see that this is where my attention is right now. If you have a business where it's truly like 50-50, say you have two service offerings and it's like absolutely like both of these are my bread and butter. Both of them bring in, you know, very similar amounts of money and they support my business. You could, you could truly put them side by side and let somebody sort of like choose their own path, if that makes sense. Um, but the same concept of whatever is most important for somebody to convert on needs to be first. And if it's a 50-50 split, put them side by side, let them choose which direction they want to go. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. 
I think that just goes back to that whole, you know, you can only focus on one thing at a time sort of mm-hmm. deal. Like, you know, it's multiple goals, but you can really only put all of your efforts in the right. one thing at a time. Right. And I think we, we know everything that we do so well in our business and it all makes sense in our minds, right? Our own personal mind. But honestly, when think about when you visit a website and they've got 800 million things going on and like flashing signs and calls to action and you just don't know where to go. There is decision fatigue, like link decision fatigue is a real thing. People, when they land on a website and you know, they're, they're called in so many different directions, they freeze, they get paralyzed. They're like, I don't know where I should go. I don't know where I fit here. And so a a lot of times they'll just hit the X button and that's the last thing that we want to do. And I think so many business owners are afraid to, to create a season where they're going to focus on one thing at a time because they don't want that. They don't want to potentially turn off one specific person. They're afraid that, you know, one potential ideal customer that could maybe land on my website one day might not see that I do this other little random thing up here and then she's not going to book me. But I would say from my experience and testing out different methods of doing this, um, I get inquiries all the time from about things that are absolutely not even anywhere on my website. Um, People, if they are engaged in what you're doing, if they like what they see, if they if they feel like they connect with you and they trust you, they are going to find what they want to find, if that makes sense, or they're going to reach out to you. Um, so I think kind of just letting go of that fear. And, and if you don't believe me, like maybe just let it go for a season, like try it for three months and see what happens of just kind of zoning in and trying to accomplish one main goal at a time. And what can it hurt, right? Right. I love that. So let's talk about the, the homepage of your website. So, you know, people go to your website more than likely they hit that homepage first. Right. So you talked about how you need to have goals. You need to focus on that one goal at a time and really convert towards that goal in a given season. How do we make our homepage that goal oriented thing? So how do we make it, you know, if we're focusing on booking full planning clients or something like that, how do we really make people want to click through to the other pages and end up booking our services? What all does that homepage need to have? For sure. I think the most important section of the homepage is what's called above the fold. And so for example, when you type in, meganmartin.net and you hit enter without ever scrolling your mouse that is the most important section on your home page and really that's the most important section on any page um, if your ideal customer cannot figure out if they are in the right spot and if you are the right person from them immediately without scrolling houston we have a problem <laughs> so really that should be your that should be your main focus and i think um, this is a, a huge mistake that I see made so often, and I, I hate that um, because, you know, a lot of times, like, we have these big, gigantic, beautiful sliders and all this stuff, and, like, we have no idea what it is that you do until we scroll and click two pages in, and then we're like, oh, that's what this person does, right? Like, as soon as you land on a, a homepage, especially a homepage, it should be so crystal clear who you are as a business and what you do and who you do it for. Like I should not even have to scroll to know the, to be able to answer those three questions on your homepage. 
So that would be my number one suggestion. Make sure it is very clear who you are, what you do, and who you do it for. And the more specific you can get, the better. Again, this goes back to the fear of, should I focus on one niche or should I focus on one person? Um, and as somebody who has spent a very, very long time in business um, fighting the urge or you know, trying to just explore and try new things and, and never wanting to just focus ever, it's, it's a huge battle for me. Um, I would say, I would say like, if you can just do it for a season at a time, it's going to help you. It's going to help your ideal customers. Um, it's going to establish you as an expert. It's going to make people trust you and know that they're in the right spot. And we don't want our customers questioning us as business owners when they are inquiring with us, right? Like we want our, we want our inquiries to be confident and excited. Like I cannot wait to work with you is a much better inquiry than like, I don't know what it is that you actually do as a business owner. So I'm just going to inquire anyways and like, see if you can do this. Right. So that's why I love to just encourage people to make it so super crystal clear that who you are, what you do and who you do it for should be right on the homepage above the scroll. The next thing that should be above the scroll is that you should have a very clear call to action that that converts on that main goal. So if your main goal is to book those full service clients, I would probably say you would say that you're a wedding planner. Um, you would say what your, who your ideal customer is, um, maybe some sort of a description about them or some like buzzwords that's going to like clue them in like, Oh yeah, I'm that person. And then I would make a, I would somehow in that, like, what do you do? Talk about the fact that you specialize in full service planning. And then I would have a bold call to action that says, are you ready for full service planning? Like you'd probably wear it differently than that. But point being is I would have a very bold call to action before they ever have to scroll that for somebody who has read who you are, what you do and who you do it for. And if they raise their hand and say, yes, I need this service. And yes, I am absolutely this person. You want to give them the opportunity immediately to take a next step to what, whether that's like go to your service page or if like, say your goal is to grow your email list, that's like, Hey, I've got this free download. That's going to help you in X, Y, Z take that step. Like we want them to immediately take the step and move on to the next part of your website. And it kind of goes back to not to get like too nerdy, but it kind of goes back to uh, a sales psychology principle of consistency and commitment. So if you ever read influence, the power of persuasion, it's an amazing book. It is uh, such a insightful book on sales and how humans are hardwired to say yes to something. Um, he talks about in the book, the concept of commitment and consistency. And basically we are as humans, we are <clears throat> basically inclined to make outward expressions of our inward beliefs. So if you say who you are, what you do and who you do it for, and if that person says, yes, absolutely, like I need this and that's who I am, they are very likely to make an outward expression of that inward belief or that inward acceptance. Um, and so giving them a clear call to action above the fold that allows them to make a commitment and stay consistent to that belief about themselves helps in this sales process. I know that's like super nerdy, but um, it makes sense when you, when you think about it that way, um, that when somebody is in their minds thinking like, yes, this is me. Yes. Is this something I need? Like don't make them scroll down the page to commit to saying yes to the next step. Give them that opportunity right there and you will see a drastic increase in conversions. So much insight, so much information. <laughs> I love it. I love it. 
What part does like your branding and your SEO play in all of this? How important are both of the, you know, we hear about both of those things all the time. We hear about how we have to have this really pretty cohesive brand, but I know people who have gorgeous brands and their websites aren't converting. How do you tie all of that together and how important is, you know, branding in the process of making a website that converts and how important is SEO in the process of making a website that converts? Awesome questions. Um, Okay, let me tackle branding first. Um, Okay, so branding is like a whole mystical world. (laughs) I feel like (laughs) it's like this like just elusive thing that a lot of people just cannot capture. But to answer the question that you asked, how important is branding in all of this? Branding is very important in all of this. Your brand I'm going to, I'm going to explain branding in two different ways. So like branding, what most of business owners and creatives alike call branding is like what you see on the visual side, like the logo, the colors, the fonts, all that kind of stuff, right? Like what you were talking about, a beautiful, cohesive visual experience. That's what most people consider branding. What really powerful branding is includes that visual aspect But it also includes a lot more foundational elements to your business. I really consider a brand almost the entire business. It's any like touch point within your business that your client experiences is your brand. So that includes your messaging. um, It includes those visuals. It includes um, even beyond what's on your website and literally what they see in your logo It includes every touch point of your business that your client experiences. So those emails that you're sending out, um, if you're giving them PDFs, like these are all points of your brand and not to mention the entire service and product that you are offering is a part of your brand. So when you kind of think about branding and more of this like holistic perspective, it sort of changes everything. And, and kind of, I feel like when I started talking about websites that convert, just a few minutes ago, I talked about how like we approach website design often when we're starting in businesses like, hey, I have a business idea. Hey, I know I need a website. Let's just throw something together and make it work, right? And a lot of times we miss this very um, important foundational groundwork that is building a brand. So I think one of the most important parts of branding is Um, understanding what makes you unique as a business owner. And again, this is kind of tying back into that, who you are, what you do, who you do it for. Those three questions are what's the most important thing about your brand. Like the visuals of your brand, yes, they are there to support uh, and visually convey emotion to that person that you're doing it for. But that is not the most important part of your brand. I actually think there's lots of different directions that people could go for within their brand to speak to the same exact person. I don't think the visual side is the most important part. I think understanding those three questions is the most important part. So you have to know what makes you unique as a business owner, what makes you unique from the person that's down the street offering the same exact thing as you. And if you can't answer that, then you're going to have a problem no matter how beautiful your brand is and no matter how much time you spend trying to create your website. The other question is, is what makes your ideal customer unique? Um, What makes them know that you are the right person for them? If you can't answer that question, again, you're in the same boat. It doesn't matter how beautiful your brand is. It doesn't matter if you hire the most expensive graphic designer on the planet. If you can't answer those questions and you can't 
um, convey them very well in terms of your messaging, which is also a part of your brand, then you're gonna have a big problem. In terms of SEO, like this is kind of where things just get different depending on what type of business owner you are. So when in my wedding planning days, when I was running a business that was very, uh, that was tied to my market, like my, geo, my, my location, right? Um, SEO was important for me back then because how do, you know, how do customers find someone locally? They Google search something, right? Like it's, you're, I, I don't know, and maybe it's different now, but I definitely am not on Instagram searching for, say, like totally different genre of business. I'm not like searching for, you know, house cleaning services on Instagram, not like trying to like hashtag search that, right? Like I, that would be very bizarre for me to pick up Instagram or pick up Facebook and try to search that way. I would Google search a service like that. Something that is locationally driven, I'm going to Google search it. And so are people that are doing um, services like that or looking for services like that. So in that case, obviously SEO is important and it is important that you are creating copy and messaging that includes very specific keywords in terms of your location and what you do and what you offer so that when someone searches for that, um, you have a potential to rank high. Now for me, I run a business that is, um, if you think about how many competitors I have in the world, like it is extremely high, right? Like I'm a brand and website designer. They're like, I'm not even going to try to rank on Google for that. There's just no way for me. And honestly, like my business is so word of mouth that it's okay that SEO is not, you know, at the forefront of my mind. I do simple um, and very manageable tasks to keep my SEO um, up and relevant, but I'm not spending a ton of energy in terms of the conversion side of building my website on making sure that SEO is like on point and rocking, if that makes sense. It does. And I love that answer because I feel like it takes a little bit of the pressure off. Like, yeah. I feel like the way you just worded all of that, it kind of, you know, we hear all the time, like, oh, your branding has to be so perfect and so on point and mm -hmm. so cohesive. And, oh, you've got to have great SEO or nobody's ever going to find you. I feel like that just took all of the pressure off and kind of gave people the permission to say, okay, I just need to get the basics down and, yeah. you know, have a good message and know what my goal is and the right people will find me. So yeah, I love that answer. That was fantastic. Yeah, I definitely try not to to talk in absolutes because everyone's business is so different. And that's why, you know, even when it comes to conversion, having that main goal, like your main goal is not going to be the same as my goal, my main goal, because your customer is not the same as my customer. And so the more specific you can get with your main goal and the more specific you can get with what you do and who you serve, um, you're going to be able to create a strategy for yourself that is that you're not having to like feel that pressure of doing everything on the whole planet. Your, your strategy will become about converting for that very specific person and doing exactly what it, what that person needs you to do and nothing else and not be like bogged down by all the noise. Yeah, I totally agree. So obviously everybody's going to want to run and touch up their websites after hearing this <laughs> interview, but what is your, you know, obviously we all want a professional to design our website. We want it to look so perfect. We want it to convert so well, 
but what is your advice for the people who maybe can't afford, you know, a website designer or they're just not in a place to do that right now and they want to, you know, make those adjustments and make sure their website converts, but they just don't have the money or the skill set to do that. What's, you know, what are some little things that they can do to really make sure that their website is converting and that they are reaching the right people? So say you are on a tight budget, right? And, and hiring a designer, I'm not going to lie, is pretty expensive. Um, so it, it's not the right step for everybody at every season in their business. Um, so if you are somebody who is on a tight budget and you're just starting out and you're trying to, to just build something and get it out there, um, first of all, kudos to you. You're doing amazing things and it's okay to not have this perfect like empire built right when you start like give yourself grace that would be my first thing to tell you give yourself a little grace and allow this to take time because even in my story like I started and I've completely 180 gone in a different direction and I would have never known that I was going in this direction um, so give it grace and like let this grow and and figure out kind of what your unique what your unique value proposition is. Like, what are you bringing to the table that's unique? Like, figure that out first. Okay, so then when you know that, um, there are some great resources for you to get started in terms of building a website that is that is going to convert for you once you figure out the answers to those three questions and you know what your main goal is. Um, for example, like I use Show It. I love show it. It's an easy drag and drop website builder. It is a monthly cost, um, similar to like a Squarespace. Um, but to be able to have such an easy to use platform, I totally think the monthly cost is worth it. It's not that much money. Um, it's a lot more money to hire a designer than it is to use um, an easy builder like show it. And then show it even has free websites, like free templates as a part of their membership. You can get, I don't know, there's like 15 or 20 right now free templates. And I would totally encourage you to start there. Start with a free template. You don't need to, you know, again, build this whole empire overnight. Start with a free template, work with customers, like find out what they need, find out what their real needs, hopes, desires, fears, like motivating factors are. And really you can only do that. You can make guesses when you first start to build your brand, but you're really going to figure that out once you actually start working with people. So I think it's totally fine. And I encourage you to start with something free, go use a free template. Um, in terms of making sure that it converts, we could talk all day long about that. <laughs> um, there's, there's lots of different strategies and um, easy to implement tips that you can do even as somebody who doesn't know how to, you know, code a website or doesn't know anything about graphic design and not to be like pushing products, but I do have a websites that convert masterclass. It's very, fairly inexpensive, especially like if the budget is not there to hire a designer, you could totally take a quick class like that and learn um, everything you need to know to even capitalize on a free template, which would be um, you know, budget wise, you're looking at less than $200 to create a website with something like show it and say a masterclass. And you could have a website up and running as, in as little as probably a week to two weeks and, and just go ahead and like hit the ground running and start booking those clients and convert on your main goal. Yeah. I love that advice. Such good advice. And for those of you listening, Megan does have a masterclass, like she said, and it's awesome but she's got some amazing resources 
on her website as well. So there's lots of free resources out there for you. So I think, I think people forget, like you mentioned earlier that you would use Google to find a service, but yet when we're looking for things for our own business, I feel like we forget to use Google and just, you know, search for it because there's free resources out there. Yeah, there are free resources too. And you're right. Like my blog also has, you know, content all over it about, you know, creating your website and building your brand and, and yeah, even Pinterest as a business owner, I search Pinterest all the time for resources. Like Google, I feel like, I feel like Google is like my place where I search for very local targeted specific things. And then Pinterest is like, I need to learn something or I need visual inspiration. I turn to Pinterest and Pinterest is like chock full of business resources and information. Like you could spend the next seven years (laughs) digesting content on Pinterest for your business. That's so true. So, so true. And I've been down that rabbit hole about a billion times. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I love it. Well, this was such good information. There's so much insight here. At the end of every episode, I do have a little lightning round. So I have a few questions and they're just, you know, fun, lighthearted things that I'm curious about. Okay. So what is the first thing that you do when you wake up in the morning? Oh, I definitely roll out of the bed and have coffee. (laughs) I feel like that's the most common answer. (laughs) Yeah. Like I don't even know. I don't do anything. I don't stop. I don't like collect $200. I just turn the coffee machine on (laughs) and like stand there and wait for it to be done and in my hands. I love it. I love it. (laughs) What is your go-to snack during the workday? I love like cheat. I'm a terrible eater, but I love, (laughs) (laughs) I love like cheesy snacks. So I'm like all into actually like they're super expensive, but the Annie's, have you ever had like the Annie's cheddar bunnies? Oh my gosh. They're so no, I haven't. I've seen them, but I haven't had them. <laughs> they're like the, you know, fancy version of goldfish and they're so expensive, but they're so worth it because they're so good. That's hilarious. I'm a yeah. bad eater too. So yeah. I'm snacking on all the horrible things all day. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Guilty. <laughs> What is one item that you cannot live without? Oh, goodness. Um, One item I cannot live without. I would probably say my coffee mug. (laughs) There you go. I literally, I could not live without my coffee mug. (laughs) That's so perfect. So perfect. (laughs) And last but not least, what is your favorite quote or the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? Honestly, I think the best advice I've ever been given is to, to grow slow, to allow yourself to give yourself the grace to, to grow slow. You know, I feel like we, especially in a world where we see people um, seemingly have overnight success and we just want that so badly and we kind of push and we, we forget everything in our life and our families and our worlds to try to, you know, to get that sort of level of success. I think giving yourself the grace to grow slow is just freeing and allows you to serve people really, really well. I love that. Oh, that's such good advice. So good. So where can everybody find you? Give us, you know, you already mentioned your website, but give us your social media and where everybody can follow you. Yeah, um, for sure. I'm definitely most active in terms of social media on Instagram. Um, you can find me at Megan Martin creative and, um, yeah, my, I'm really most active on Instagram and on my blog and my website at meganmartin.net. 
um, beyond that. that. Those are really where I choose to focus. So awesome. Well, yeah. Megan, seriously, this was so good. And I'm so excited for everybody to hear this because I know there's so many good little nuggets of, of insight in here. So thank you so much for just sharing your wisdom and your experience and, and coming on with us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was fun. That's it for this time, ladies. But if you have just a minute, it would make my day if you would write a review and share how much you love this podcast so that we can keep bringing you the best of the best. If you're not already subscribed to the newsletter or following along on Instagram, you can find me at Haley Luckadoo on all social media and at HaleyLuckadoo.net for this episode's show notes, the blog, the shop, and pretty much all the good stuff. I'll be bringing you a new episode very soon, but until then, keep reaching for those dreams that set your soul on fire.